It's the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris and Tom and Stan Spivey, the coach, joining us here as well. Glad to have you along for the ride. I'm Tom Carroll, Chris Cox sitting here beside me. We are in the town of Troy today because they've got a big event that is happening over at Howard's on Main, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about what is coming up there. But happy birthday, first and foremost. Uh, happy belated birthday to Howard Corley and celebrating the big 7-0. It's hard. He doesn't look 70, does he? <laughs> Doesn't look at a, a year over 60, in my opinion. It's that hard work he does day in, day out, 6 in the morning until a lot of times 7 p.m. at night leaving. And so he had a good birthday, I hope. And a lot of people call him the GOAT. You know, I I think of Tom Brady, but if you think about people with working skills and ethnics and stuff like that, you talk about the GOAT, Howard Corley, because he's there nine, all the time. So. Well, we appreciate him allowing us to be the official home of the Lakeland Sports guys. That's always a lot of yeah, fun. I see your chips having there. Yeah, <laughs> Bring those in. even when we're not there, we're there. Stan, Stan got to, he got to twice bait in the uh, rib on the way down, but he had to eat it. He couldn't smell it no longer. But so anyway, we, we do. We have the chips on the table, so we take a picture of that. That way, Stan can show them, and then we'll uh, worry about Clyde sure having something for tomorrow. So. As we as we travel, well, we just hoping the Philly police don't come down after Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> they may come after. Him. All right, well, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the high school action. Uh, we've got uh, uh, interviews with Coach Liner and also Coach Matthew Bennett out of ninety six. So we'll we'll have those for you coming up here in just a moment. But let's start with the college aspect of it because there are a lot of great college games that are going on. Going to start with Presbyterian because the Blue Hose. Um, have been playing extremely well as of right now when you look at what they're doing. And they get to go on up to Indianapolis, Indiana to take on the Butler Bulldogs that are up there. And this one should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, this this is almost downtown Indiana, Indianapolis. I mean, they're going to be in the big city bright lights. Uh, they're going to be, what, about 50 miles away from Chicago, downtown mm -hmm. Chicago. So they're not going to be far uh, from there at all. Uh, but this should be a fun one for them uh, going up there. When you look at Presbyterian right now, Tyler Wesley has been dynamite at the quarterback spot. He's averaging 660 yards right now per game. The bad news is Butler's Brett uh, Bushaka is averaging about 700. <laughs> so you're, look, you're, you're looking at that. Rushing yards, they've got a dynamite rushing back in Jalen Mitchell. Um, Tyler Wesley right now does lead the rushing at 137, but he's got a guy behind him um, that is you know just right there next to him as well at 129. Uh, the leading receiver, uh, pretty even here. Ethan lost 212. Uh, for Butler and for Presbyterian, Worth Warner is at 187. That is there. And then touchdowns, uh, you got eight for Mitchell, and uh, Tyler Wesley has six to go along with that. But it's it's where you get into the sacks and tackles uh, and kicking game, I guess, is, is where this game really, I think, is going to be made because uh, sacks right now, Danny Ogler out of uh, – Butler has four sacks, whereas Nigel Brown has two. But he also had two that were called back due to offside penalties that were there, uh, or not offside, but uh, holding defensive holding penalties as well. So it's it's one of these games that that the defense is going to have to step up big time to stop a very powerful passing offense. Another week or two, or maybe even another four or five. This will be a snow game. But normally, I think of Butler, man. I think about basketball. basketball I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you to tell me threes and and free throw percentage and stuff like that. But um, how cool is it? Because exactly where you're talking about, I have been right by. Um, it's right that stadium or that university is right behind where the the Pacers play. Mm -hmm. 
Indianapolis Pacers, and that's a huge facility in front of it. But behind it, there are there's like two little football stadiums, and then they have their basketball gym that they play at. And it's it's all in their own little section of Indianapolis, so they love it. And you're right, it's close to Chicago. He probably been by a bunch. Hey, I've been. I swam there. But this is a pretty (laughs) cool matchup that you don't always see as a team that goes all the way out there to play a football game. That's pretty solid. Yeah, and this would be a fun one for them. Um, the only loss for Butler was to Montana. Uh, the Grizzlies, 20-35, to 35, they played them extremely tough, but they've beaten Taylor, they've beaten uh, Wabash, and, and Stratton, who uh, time in and time out has been up there uh, as well. But their biggest win for Presbyterian was definitely two weeks ago when they took out the Walford Terriers, 23-20. to 20. Yeah, like I see Coach Watson is still, like, they're still going downhill after that loss, unfortunately, for them. But uh, hopefully Walker can write the ship. But this is a game that you – and this is another one that you like, how in the world did this get on your schedule? Yeah. You know, we always talk about that <laughs> one, but how in the world? And that's why I was telling you, the new AD at, at, at uh, PC, she's, she's a go-getter and they play wherever they want to play. And So maybe she can line up something for basketball, but that would be one I'd be willing to, to make that trip out for to see the Bulldogs <laughs> in basketball. But – Hopefully, like I said, this is not going to be a chaotic win pick for me here. I'm just not going to do it. But it's staying always. Now, Stan's the man that's always talked about that bus ride or that plane ride. I'm hoping yeah. this is actually a plane ride. Yeah, that's going to be a it's plane It's a day ride. drive for sure. I mean, yeah, you're looking a, at a good nine, ten hours. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You would almost have to leave like now <laughs> or way before now to but, get there. But with both teams' offense, and, and you alluded to the yardage that they're averaging per game, you know, this could be a 70-69 game. I mean, these these teams, could, it could be just – if you like offense, this might be the game to go to for the week, you know. I think it's going to be the opposite. Get everybody else. I think it's a Tom Carroll game. I think, think this is a the game, game. I think it could be a 14-13, 10-9 type game just because you are going to focus on what each team does. And, and, and in practice, you're going to be looking at yourself, mirror image in practice. And so I think the defensive coordinator is going to be – Key in this game, and dare we say a, a field goal kicker? You know those cats are crazy, but well, and the weather may play a part. I don't know what the weather for Indianapolis is supposed to be this weekend, but you know that's getting a little bit further up north than we are up here. It's going to be a little bit cooler uh, up there than it will be down here. And that's what I was saying. A week or two later, this might have actually have a little white. I don't think they really have to worry about hurricanes coming in. No, but, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> So yeah. well, and it'll be it'll be a. Uh, I think this is a, a noontime game or a one o'clock game. I'll have to go back and check. I would say it's probably a twelve, yeah, because they play a lot of those. Because it's because they are traveling such a long distance. Yeah. Um, it's going to be in yeah, it's a one o'clock game at Butler. So I think that definitely would also benefit PC in that aspect because you know Butler, you're talking about what ten out or no nine. I mean. It's an hour difference between yeah, us. So it's one hour, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it would be, you know, it's a, it's a one o'clock. Let me put it this way. It's a one o'clock game here. It'll yeah. be a noontime game there. Right. Yeah. So. That's enough. That's even across the board. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. All right. Uh, the other game I want to talk about, uh, the Erskine Flying Fleet. Uh, they had a home game, took on Newberry, and played them extremely tough last week. 17-24 was the final in that one. They First Responders Day, Student Faculty Appreciation Day, Grid crowd that ended up coming out. Now they get to go on the road, and they get to take on a, a very, very talented Wingate University team. Uh, 6 o'clock this coming Saturday night, it'll be at Wingate, so it's going to be on the road. Um, 
<laughs> the thing is, is, is this is the second year in a row that William Campbell, or not William Campbell, but the William Campbell Trophy has named the quarterback from Wingate a semifinalist, and that being Trevor Grant. He was the problem last year, was he? He not? was. He, he <laughs> could not Lit stop the man up. last year. Yeah, and it, it's a tough game. Like I said, just you know, they they spent so much time I'm sure this past week getting ready for the Newberry team, and then you go. If it was a home one, I mean, I don't know, but it's a road game. So it's going to be very difficult for Coach Boyd to do. And all you can tell your guys is, look, we got a little bit of a trip we got to take. Uh, rest as much as you can, and let's get over when we play. Let's play hard, or let's play quick, and let's play fast. What's Coach like to say, play with terror on fire? Uh, as Bennett would normally say. And I think that's what they got to do if they got a chance to win this game. It, it, it's a tough football team. They are, and 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 Grant is is one of those guys too that it, he's not overly fast, but he's he's kind of like one of those receivers that can run really good routes and find the open spot. Uh, and that's what they're looking at. And you know, everybody has tried to double cover and put three guys on him and that type of thing. And he's still managing um, what twenty three receptions right now for three hundred and seventy yards and five TDs to go along with that. So. I mean, he's having a heck of a year, despite being covered, you know, by two or three guys. We put him in the backfield. Well, well <laughs> here's what Erskine needs to do, and and we've seen a little bit of scientists come out, and what do we always say? Run the ball, take the time off the clock. Don't let this guy get on the field. He can't hurt you if he can't get on the field. Uh, take the, you know, make the best out of every opportunity that you get if you get a turnover. Let's take it and get some points off of it. It don't matter if it's three points. Let's get points off of it. And you establish that run game, then you can go to try to open up your pass game a little bit, uh, much like they did with Newberry. They didn't throw the ball a lot, but they had some success. So they got to be feeling better about themselves as a team. Now, you know, you you got to go into Wingate and – You've got to be able to play it. Complete your assignments, play to the final whistle. I totally agree with that. Yeah, Tom possession, you own it, and you keep their players off the field. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. That's the coach. And That's play what he defense, says. Do not give up the big chunk plays, the one-play 75-yard touchdown runs and walks. I, I mean, you know, make them earn it. You know, they can score, but make them earn it. Make them go – you know, keep the field flipped on them, back them up, make them take long drives because we see it all over college football. A team that can keep the field flipped and make the other team drive the ball, at some point in that drive, there's going to be a penalty that's going to put them behind the chains. There's going to be a drop that should have been a catch. There's going to be a tackle for a one-yard loss or maybe even a sack. And all of a sudden, now it's third and 16 instead of third and two. Mm-hmm. So. The thing with, with the Flying Fleet, though, when you look at Erskine, is their defense plays extremely well in the first and second quarter. They come out a little slow after halftime, but then they pick things back up towards the end of the third quarter in that regard because they're getting outscored in the third quarter as of right now. Um, when you look at this game from last year, it was the defense of Wingate that really dominated this game. Uh, I mean, their offense, yeah, they put up 435 yards, but their defense only allowed 146, only 37 yards passing, but they gave up 109 on the ground. Um, and that was through five different 
backs that you know ended up carrying it. Um, but their defense, for the most part, particularly the secondary, is all back this year. They only lost one senior out of the secondary. So Pinder's going to get pressured. You know he is. Uh, yeah. And there it goes with what Stan says. Try to run the ball, establish that run. And on defense, it, the one thing you can't do, if you know this kid's an All-American, you got to double-team him, whether you want to or not. Let let another kid maybe beat you on a play, but do not let that kid beat you. The kid that's got the, the receiver with the yards yeah. and all <laughs> accolades. And somebody the else Trevor that D wants – yeah, that, somebody off of that team wants to he's, – he's going – and it's probably the number one, you know, cover guy that's on the Erskine Blind Fleet team. He's going to raise his hand, that's my man. And the coach said, yeah, but you're going to need a little bit of help, and that's your man too. So, <laughs> that's how you beat a team like that. But when, this is a – that's a tough game, man. Not only is it – if it was here, it would be tough, but on the road – very tough football game. Yeah, and this game for Erskine too. You didn't have uh, Pender. I mean, you had you had a different Pender. You didn't have this Pender coming back, yeah. which everybody's real excited about and what he's been able to do because he's actually got a line that's blocking for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be one of the reasons he, he is back because there is a better line play, and he's a pretty good runner. I mean, he's almost like a guy that if you blitz that quarterback. He can he can make that run that he needs to pick up that first down, and he looks to do that. If he's got a receiver open, he's not going to make a, a mistake. That's the one thing about it. that's that's one thing that they do teach down there. What is Marmol? War horses or whatever they are. War horses, yeah. So I mean, he's been taught well as far as the quarterback position, and they've had some really good ones over the years. And I mean, Erskine's got a good quarterback that came back. All right, so we'll have a lot of fun with that game. It'll take place um, at what six o'clock. This coming Saturday night, and that'll be at Wingate. And you can catch that on ESPN Plus, of all places. And Flow Sports, I guess, is the other one that you can catch it at. Just say Flow Sports because none of us have the plus. (laughs) (laughs) You're better off. Flow Sports is your cheaper route, trust me. It's seeing what happens. All right. uh, One of the other games, uh, well, let's go ahead and dive into the big boys, shall we? Um, Let's talk about Syracuse and Clemson. This should be a a fun game all the way around when you look at it. Clemson comes in at 2-2. They are 0-2 in conference for the first time since 2010. We mentioned that on Monday. Their only losses right now to Duke and Florida State in that regard. Clemson has won five over the orange as of right now. Um, But the orange are 4-0 is the other telling detail on this. So there's a there's a lot of speculation as to the chaos that happens, and we'll get into Chris's chaos, but there, there's a lot of that that happens up there at the Dome. And you can ask Army last week. Army was marching up and down the field all over them, and then just things started happening. I don't, I don't know. They got a voodoo doctor up there, something <laughs> of that nature going on. But there's weird things that happen. And, and this is all despite, remember, back in, in December – Everybody left Syracuse. I mean, people were just jumping ship left and right uh, and hitting the transfer portal. And here they are, and they're doing extremely well right now. Great coach. Let's just say it all about Dino Babers is one of the better coaches in the ACC, and I love the fact that he his, his mindset mentality is what I really like about what he does. Defensively, offensively, he wants to be prime in both of those things. Uh, they have a pretty good kicker. These are the, This is a game I go back for three or four years, and I've thought about it with Dino – since they became a member of the ACC. And this is a game that if it's on a Friday like you expect it to be, a Halloween Friday at that or something. But it's those weird type games that you play these teams. And this is an interesting matchup for me. Um, Garrett Schrader is a really good quarterback, Tom Carroll, <laughs> a really good quarterback. And and like I said, he's going up against Kate Klubnick, who is really learning 
from the scratch, really. This is his first time not having to look over there and see number five ahead of him. And um, probably whatever we say about him is a little bit different than what it is, but he, his stats aren't that bad. But you're talking about a guy that's got 1,000 yards passing already. So, I mean, well, both of them do. Well, 316 yards rushing for Schrader. Yeah, I mean, both of them. I mean, Klubnitz at 976. He's at 972. That's four yeah. yards apart. Uh, the difference is touchdowns. Uh, and that's where the problem's been. And Stan's going to allude to the schedule. Um, Syracuse played nobody. We we talk we joke about Army and yeah, their biggest win was Purdue. But it, and that was their biggest win, and that was because a lot of it had to do with Jeff Rom leaving to go to NC State. I mean to um, Louisville. We'll talk about that in a minute too. That's one of my games. Um, but recently, and this is what I don't know because I haven't been following Syracuse. But Carlos Del Rio, his name is Carlos Del Rio Wilson. You got to throw the hyphen and Wilson in there. Um, he had a huge game last week. He was fifteen for twenty two, two hundred six, and three touchdowns. No. I didn't see where Schrader got hurt, but it must be the case because, like I said, he only had a couple. He only had a hundred yards. He must have got hurt in the game, so we we'll have to look at the injury thing and see if it's going to be Del Rio Wilson or it's going to be Schrader against the Klubnik. Um, Russians about the same. Clemson's got to figure a way if they want to win this game, and I think it's possible they can win this one, even though they are four zero. Shipley to only have two hundred ninety two yards in as many games as he's played. It's surprising. Uh, Moffa's got to do a bit better job. Um, it's going to come down to Stan's favorite part of Clemson football is the receivers, <laughs> which one steps up. But, I mean, here's another question for you. Is Antonio Williams going to play in this game? That He's questionable. We know that. Uh, and he's, he's day-to-day. So, if he – you know – Today's the last day of practice, and then tomorrow there's the walkthrough, and 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 they go up there. So, I mean, we'll we should know something by today. Last week it was last week was the one that surprised me because it was Tyler Brown from Greenville yeah. stepped up to the plate and really helped Clemson play. Bo Collins has been playing really good. Shipley's been okay receiving the ball, but here's the key to the game for me. It's going to be Jake Brennanstool, the tight end. He's only got 10 catches for 90 yards, and he's got a touchdown. So, at tight end, you've got to start using that guy. Like, you know, we use tight ends, and, and, and Jordy uses tight ends. And that's a touchdown you may not think about when you're playing Syracuse. Sneak him around, let him see if he can run it. Because even once he catches it, he runs the ball pretty well. So, I mean, on, on the other side, I mean, you got all – they have three running backs. It's a three-headed monster up there now this year. It's Damon Alford, it's Donovan Brown, it's Yamari Hunter – or Hutcher, and each one of these guys have two touchdowns apiece. So that's where they're scoring points from. But they really hadn't played anybody. And then I was telling you guys, the kid that hurt them last year so much was Aronde Gazden, whose dad did play in the NFL. And then he's got a foot injury. As we had to look it up to see what it was, but he's the one with a yeah. foot injury. So he well, went. they've got Damian Alford right now too. Well, so it's going to be fun to see what he does. So Alford's out. He's out too. No, he's good. Oh, okay. Well, he, he's good. He's a running back. Like I said, he's pretty good. I mean, he. That's the thing. When you play – I guess what they've had to do, though, Tom, playing a team like Army that runs a ball all the time with the little mix-up <laughs> sets like Navy and stuff like that. I, I guess the main concern if you're if you're a Syracuse Orange fan is is who's your quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Schrader or is it going to be Del Rio Wilson? And that, that's the key to the game for me if it is. And so I might get a little chaotic right there now. If they got to go with uh, Carlos Del Rio Wilson and against the Klubnik, mm-hmm. that might be a chaotic pick. Schrader's not on the IR, so. 
And like I said, something happened last week. He he ended up coming out of that game. Maybe it's just they were so far ahead. But I'm just like I said, we hope it's not injury because he's also a player that hurt you last year too. And Clemson's got to worry about Wiggins. We do, you know we don't know if he's going to play yet or not. I mean everything's been hush hush with all of that. Also, it looked like a serious injury last week, mm-hmm. um, but he's been practicing now. I don't don't know how much weight he's been able to put on that leg, but we'll see. The the, the one thing that comes to my mind first and foremost, and I'll use the old baseball adage here, can this relatively, I'm not, I don't want to say young team, but can this Clemson team flush this loss as emotional and as intense as it was? Can the coaching staff put it behind them and go into Syracuse with the intensity that we have seen them come out with in the Florida State game, came out playing early? Um, can they come out and do that? At Syracuse. Not and come out and play games, business as usual, but come out ready to play. Ready to play. And this is a, a series I think I heard somewhere the last six out of the last seven or some crazy number like that have been decided, decided by one score or less. Um, you know, if that's the kind of game you get into, how does the – the Klubnik's mentality late in the game, the kicker's mentality late in the game, the wide receiver's mentality's late in the game. You know, are these wide receivers going to come out and play like they played last week against a good Florida State defense? I mean, they made some pretty tough catches, and they didn't have a lot of drops. They were some, but, mm-hmm. you know, I thought there was progression. There was the some. Pro- uh, the, the play call, and I'm going to put all that on the coach, even though I know some of it had to be decisions that Klubnik had to make. Um, and and it, we talked about it earlier that, you know, maybe you get to the 10-yard line and you tell Klubnik, this is the play. There's no changing. There's no – Don't think about don't, it. Don't do think it. about <laughs> it. Just do this play. Uh, don't put the RPO in there where he has to make a decision whether to keep the ball, run the ball, give it to Shipley, give it to Martha, or throw a two-yard screen pass. But, you know, it's – I think it's more of emotions. Can you can you go to Syracuse, come out emotionally ready to play after this very emotional loss to Florida State, a game that you felt like you had in the bag, and you really had it in the bag. You should have won it. But now you got to get all that behind you. And I know, uh, what was it, Brown receiver that come out and said, we still got a lot to play for, guys. Yeah, I mean, that board up there in the locker room, there's a lot of lines drawn through some stuff, but there's still a lot of stuff to play for. Uh, we're not giving up yet, and hope the rest of the team's got that same attitude. <laughs> I think they do. It's, it's they, a but, lot of the mainstream media right yeah. now that is all down. And, on you know, and we, and you go in, go into Syracuse and take care of business. I think they're favored by like six, and not knowing a whole lot about Syracuse, I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard they seem to be faster at every position or quicker at every position this year than they were last year. You know, that's hard to do, hard to see against teams like Army and some of the teams that they played just because of the offenses that they run. But uh, 
It's going to be interesting. Last week was a very physical game. And well, it's you gonna got have to some be... people beat up. I mean, I'm not talking about beat up to where they're going to be on the injury reserve list. They're just, just the bumps and bruises. Yeah. And then this game, really, Will Shipley ran shotgun all over them last year yeah. in this mm-hmm. regard. He's going to have to have another big game. That's going to be the key to me and ball taking care of the ball. That That's but the biggest thing, the taking biggest care thing of the ball. The biggest thing right now, and it, it is ball security and – uh, turnovers, you got to win the turnover battle, win the chunk play battle, and uh, let's open the playbook up for Klubnik a little bit more. It seems like they're doing that, and the offense is responding pretty well to it. Klubnik uh, has not had that, what you'd call, breakout game this year yet. So maybe this is the one he needs mm-hmm. in the spotlight, in the dome, you know going to be a lot of orange in that building. <laughs> <laughs> there will be that. There, There is one guy in particular we're going to be looking for his number. We're going to be looking for number 38. He hasn't played yet this year. You know who I'm talking about, right? Greenwood's own oh. Josiah Jeffrey mm-hmm. is going to yeah. be over there on the orange side. I'm talking about Syracuse side mm-hmm. is where he's going to be. And this is a team, uh, a man that he grew up, in, and Clemson yeah. was one of his favorites uh, yeah, growing up. Growing up. Uh, that he got to watch. So now he gets to go in and play against it. I'm anxious to see if Dino will let him actually get in this game and play. I want to see he and Tyler Brown. Oh, that would be cool. In a matchup. Um, what Stan said is exactly right, but I think that's the motivational going in on the flight up, that that they did have Florida State. not not They had them dead to rights, and they put took the put off the gas. What Dabo and them, they got to instill now is you don't take the put off the gas the rest of the year. If, if you got to pull – a Dan Lanigan score, whatever you can score on these guys right up front. I wouldn't be stunned if this game's not like a 24 to 3 game at the half. And then you don't, you keep the pedal on the metal, as they like to say on Smoking the Bandit, but, and keep it going. And it's a game I think Clemson can win. On paper, you know, don't, that 4 0 record up there for Dino Babers is, he's earned his right to be there, but they just hadn't played anybody at SEC. And I'm, I'm, I'm like Stan's, I think this is the game. The marquee game that Clubnet's going to look back on and for the rest of his career, and it's either going to be positive or it's going to be the game that takes him out probably of, of the quarterback position at Clemson. So he needs a big game. All right, noontime game. And once again, another noontime up there in the dome. Uh, I'm not going to worry about and the weather. Weird things happen up there. We, it does. We need an exorcism or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, there's been some, and we say weird things happen up there, but we have to remember that. Just it's been series. weird. It's been weird to a good point in a lot of cases for Clemson. Yeah, it, we thought it was bad at the time when the start quarterback gets a concussion or something. And you put in your number two guy, and he leads you to victory. Okay, that that's good. I mean, yeah, but it's still some weird things it, happen it up is, there. And well, you just even have to be prepared. but every player play. has to be prepared to play yeah. and ready to go get it. I'll put you on the spot, Tom Cameron. Give me a player of the game for this one and for you. Player of the game? If, for Clemson to win it, it's got to be a Tiger that's going to step up. And I think you called his name earlier, but I want to see if you feel that way again. Well, I, I think Will Shipley's going to be the player of the game. Key. I mean, he's got to be key. Either that or Moffa. It's going to come from the running back spot. 
She was going to want you to say because I think you're going to see a two-headed monster with him catching and receiving. I can see yeah. a touchdown on both ends. And then, like I said, it's going to be a good matchup. I think Brandon Stubble's got to get in the game. I got Clubman's got to start getting the ball to him because once he catches it, his jack yards are pretty good. Yeah, and I like Stiletto out of the slot. Stiletto's your boy. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, he has, he's, he's, he's that third-down guy that's the go-to guy that they haven't had now since uh, – what's his name left? So. And we got and we got to see this Clemson defense step up a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> to the point that they're creating turnovers. Right now, yeah, they may get some pressure, they may get some sacks, but they hadn't come up with that turnover yet. That big turnover, it's been happening to them a lot. So let's return the favor to the other team, guys. <laughs> Let, let's, let's go get us a pick six or a scoop and score. Need some uh, something need positive some, defense. Yeah, get some get some turnovers going. You win the turnover battle, and leave all the little motion penalties and offside penalties that you know better. Don't do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so with that, uh, I'm going to take Clemson in a close one on this one because just because it's it's. It's well, the history of the history of the series tells says you it's going to be close. It so, tells you that. So Clemson people don't get all bent out of shape when it's the fourth quarter and it's a three-point lead by Clemson. You still going to win by ten? Just, just keep it calm. Just relax. We'll get there. We'll so, get there. Yeah. <laughs> Eat another chicken wing and go on about your business. And they they got the good wings up there. That's the Buffalo here up there yeah. around that area. But yeah, that's just a Clemson win. I, it could be chaotic for me at the end. I don't know because it does rank in that three plus three category, yeah. but mm-hmm. I just think that you take care of business, you don't let us put off the gas, and I think, you know, that's the mentality that when, when Clemson was winning with Dabo and whoever he had at coordinator and defensive coordinator, that was what they did. Once they got up on Alabama in the games, they didn't take the foot off the gas. They no. just went ahead and just wrung the neck. I mean, I hate to use that term, but I am yeah. country, so um, <laughs> that's what it's going to take, and against a Dino Baber coach team, and I think I think what's the name might be helping the quarterbacks out McPherson that played quarterback for the Orange all those years ago. But I think he's back on campus as a quarterback coach and working his way into learning how to be an OC. But uh, I'm like y'all, I think it's going to be a Clemson win. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to give you no score. But I think this is the game. I think I do see Clubman kind of breaking out of the pack, so to speak, is what he's been doing. And he doesn't have the defense against him this week as they had last week. So. All right. So we'll follow along, see what we end up with, and – Make our way from there. Another game uh, we need to talk about is uh, the Carolina game because they are headed on up to uh, Neyland Stadium to take on Tennessee. And Tennessee, I'm sure, has had 63-38 to 38 posted <laughs> on their bulletin board in their room above their beds everywhere, you know, looking at it for dinner because this was a game that basically knocked them out of the playoff, comp- but, playoff but, picture. And, and the one thing we got to remember, too, in that game, Hendon Hooker started that game. He got hurt. Yeah. And got hurt. Uh, if Hooker had not gone down, the Tennessee would have scored some more points, but would they have scored 66? I don't know. I think Carolina was playing. The Tennessee defense could not stop Rattler. He had an answer for everything they threw at him. And, uh, but, and like you said, they're going to remember it. But this year, that the Tennessee team offensively is a little bit different. Uh, a new quarterback, he is not as an accomplished passer. 
as Hooker was. So they've had to rely on their run game, and they've got an excellent run game. I mean, I think they're letting the SEC in, in rushing yardage. Oh, a lot of that has but, to do with the quarterback and David right. Sampson, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, if Carolina can find a way to stop the run, uh, you know, um, I think we'll put points on the board. But it's, it's – I think the line was like 11 and a half. And that, to me, that's about right. Going into Neyland Stadium in front of 110,000 people. Now, Willie's going to be right in the middle of them, so <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, the over under sixty three. So you're yeah. you're looking at least thirty. First one of thirty probably wins this. Wins this one, yeah. If you hit thirty six, you or thirty eight, you've won the ball game. Maybe. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Knoxville and that stadium is 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 kind of like Syracuse. And it's a night stadium. game too. And and it's weird things always happen up there. I don't know. It's just. That same exorcist that Clemson needs to take to Syracuse, they need to fly him back to Knoxville after they get through in Syracuse with him. I have been a part of these for a long time and the rivalry between the two schools. And We went up there with no chance to win on Halloween, and then we come home the next day and they fire, what's his name, as the head coach, and we thought he'd be there for the rest of his career and he gets fired that morning. Um, this game last year was the breakout game that we started to see what, Standing and the rest of everybody else been telling me about Spencer Rattler. We'd seen a Rattler that threw a lot of picks if he had plenty of time. And this was the game that broke him out and proved what he could do and, and, and really showed him he could play college football. Um, certainly helped him out with his, the rest of his NILs and stuff like that. Uh, I just think this is what you both have said. This is the bulletin board material that you put mm-hmm. up there like over there. And it's one that you got a whole year to think about. I think defensively for Tennessee – it's going to be a different team that you've been seeing in the past. I mean, I still have no confidence in Milton, a quarterback for Tennessee. None. None. Um, <laughs> like you said, Jalen Wright's going to run the football, and he's probably going to run run nuts is what he's probably going to do. But this is where we as a team stand. As yeah. a Gamecock, we have to step up defensively. And Clayton White has to look over at Coach Beamer and say, this is my game. You can do everything you want to do. All, you and you and Coach Loggins, and can, y'all can do whatever you want, but this is my game. Defensively, we're going to do what we need to do. We're going to get pressure on the quarterback. We're going to stop the run, and then all I need you to do is put points on the board. And I think we feel pretty sure Carolina can score a couple points. The thing is, in this game, can they outscore – can Tennessee score as many as we can? I'm, I'm not, not sure about I'm that. I'm not sure about uh, – and the one thing that you alluded to is, is the defense stopping the run game. Well – we did a pretty good job uh, with Mississippi State, who was known for their run game, their big offensive line. We shut seven down. I mean, he got some yardage. He did, but it wasn't like he had been getting all year. Uh, now, the Mississippi in State order had to, to make do big that, plays to come back. And, and in order to do that, though, Carolina went to zero coverage, and so that allowed some receivers to be running open. 50 yards down the field, and when you don't get pressure on the quarterback and he can throw it that far accurately, and then you get somebody on the other end of it that can catch it. And we know Tennessee's got those guys. Uh, and we know Milton can throw it that far. It's the other stuff he can't throw. He can well, throw the deep ball. And he's not that accurate. <laughs> no. So, you know. Pressure hurts might, him. Uh, and this goes back to what we said with Clemson. This is, this is a prime game for Carolina to come in there 
get a couple of interceptions, uh, cause a couple of fumbles, uh, maybe get a beamer, beamer ball score some kind of way and uh, walk out there with a close win. Yeah. All the pressure is on Tennessee in this it one. It is. Yeah. Again. Because they've got a chance. If they if they win, they've got a chance pretty much from here on out to make it to the SEC title I, game if I they can beat know. Georgia. With, uh, with the Georgia game, I, I just don't see that happening. I, mm-hmm. Georgia's just got, I think, too much for them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But Tennessee's also 11 straight games at home that they have won. Um, mm-hmm. And here's the here's the kicker. They're wearing their dark mode uniforms this time around. It's not going to be orange. They're going to be in black uniforms, black helmets with the orange numbers. Those are it's pretty cool unis, though. Yeah. They're weird looking, though. <laughs> if, they, they, if they come out with the same ones with the orange stripes down the sides and all on them, I want a chrome it, helmet. It, it, almost, it almost looks like a prison <laughs> uniform. Now, that's what it, it should be. That should be the actual uniform for that team. But anyway, um, what I'm excited to see is what do we see at running back for Carolina? Is uh, it Mario, Mario Anderson, Anderson again? Okay. Well, you give that kid a fill of it. Like I said, he had 34 attempts last week, and he got 129 yards and a TD. And like I said, he's going against Jalen Wright, who runs the ball on the other side. But it comes down again, stand to your favorite man. Well, and, he, I, I still, and he is the X-Man, by the way. Well, I, and I think that Carolina, like last week, if they'll come out and make the decision that we are going to run the ball, that we are capable of running it, we don't need the 75-yard run for the touchdown. We need to hand the ball to the running back and him get positive yardage every time he touches the ball, whether it's one or five or anything in between, that will slow down that defense, that will give Rattler time to sit back there and find the X-man. And, of course, we saw last week on a little five-yard slant that he just flat out ran the whole Mississippi State defense. I mean, that was on a crossing route. And there were five or six people that had a chance to hit him and nobody touched him. So, you know – I look to see that. I look to see uh, – I hope Brown is back. We know he's got a little bit of a hamstring issue. If he can come back, Juice, we're not looking for him to be back. Yeah, just take uh, your time. But we've got Lewis. We've got some other guys that are stepping up. Trey Knox has had some huge games. But Trey Knox has also had some huge drops in key situations. I will say that. Chance but we see Nicholas Har- Nicholas Harbor, however you say his name a lot. Nicholas Harbor should. I I would hope to see him, and you know, if I if I don't do anything, I'm gonna say, hey, big boy, line up, take off, run as fast as you can, as far as you can, and we're gonna see if Rattler can throw it <laughs> and out throw your run because I don't think he can, but. Uh, like that kid, because nobody, nobody on Tennessee's team going to be able to He'll keep be up the fastest really. one on the field. He's a freak. He's a, like I said, he's one of them guys, and you set them both up on the same side, and you put him at tight end, and put Trey Knox and just move him over beside yeah. Leggett. I mean, yeah. that's a potential wide receiver screen to Leggett to where you got a guy that big out there blocking for you. You can forget about it because well, he can stay with him. To me, the – the key is going to for Rattler is going to be who's going to be protecting that blind side with Shree Babalade uh, that yeah. is out there. And Babalade, he had a fantastic game against Georgia uh, to go along with it, and he, nobody got to Rattler on that side. As a matter of fact, Rattler 
ran around that side several times and had all day to throw on that regard. So that's going to be key. But, you know, when you look at – and I love the name Tree. It just – it's yeah. wonderful. But 6'5", 338 pounds, he just plants his roots and nobody's going anywhere. And and he's he's a big boy. He's got He's mobile to be as big as he is. True freshman, though. Uh, so when when you play in a true freshman, you know, he can be fooled by defensive sets. So this is for the communication along that five, but this will be the second week in a row, second week now that we've got the same five starters on the offensive line. Two of them may be freshmen, but we got the same ones. And uh, they're starting to feel comfortable with themselves. I think they're understanding the playbook. Uh, we're starting to get some run yardage, which is going to help kind of slow down that defense coming after Rattler. And we've seen what the guy can do. I mean, how, you know, like 70% completion rate this mm-hmm. year. I mean, and Saturday it should have been 100, really, because we had the one pass interference that was definitely a pass interference, and that official will get ringed by the office. I feel sure when they watch the play. Uh, and then the one to Trey Knox that he just dropped. I mean, come on. He's got he was running for it. Yeah. I think you got to give the credit because I, I came on here at the North Carolina game. I was very critical and skeptical of this coaching staff. And and even the fact that Coach Beasley was called out because he took Coach Atkins' place on, with the offensive line. Um, I, I can I can look at y'all now and say, you know what, in the, in the two or three games since we've seen that, we've seen improvement every week. And I think Stan's right. It took not switching everybody around and you're going to play this week, you're going to play that week, you're going to play – no, you put – your guys, your right tackle is going to be your right tackle. Your guard's going to be your guard. You're going to play together as a team. And if you don't block as that team, we'll put more in after that. So Coach Beasley gets all the credit for that. Coach Beamer for going to him and say, "Hey, man, I need you." And what it has allowed, I mean, uh, Dow Loggins to uh, be more. He's still a scripter. I don't care what anybody says. He's not an offense coordinator. He's a scripter. He's an NFL guy. But we're seeing it, and we're seeing it start to come out a little bit. And it, and Rattler loves it. And everybody thinks Rattler is the next uh, coming in NFL, so maybe that's what you do when you got a guy that's right there. But all in all, this is the game that he's going to really have to step in and be the quarterback that Stan said. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys 70 75% throwing the football. When when your first two of their games, you're running for your life. But uh, it's a game that if we're going to win and we're going to do anything this year, this is a game that we must win this weekend. And I just don't think Tennessee's going to give us all the time. They're going to work on that time possession. And they're gonna run as much as they can, and if it does come down to a field goal stand, we got we got old Jeter. He traded his kick. We got the man to kick it. But I and this is just to go back to what I said is that Loggins is the NFL guy, and he's back in college ball, but he still understands matchups. Let's look for our best chance. Is our best chance throwing? a 45-yard bomb to get on the outside, or is it throwing that five-yard slant? Who, where's the matchup? Let's, well, Florida uh, threw it all over them. Yeah. So, yeah. if you if, if you got the time, you'll have the matchups. Yeah. And I think this offensive line is getting better every week. So We appreciate Coach for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I know y'all are going to go ahead and bet. I, I hate to do it to my game cost, but i got to go with the, the orange in this one. I'm hoping we win it, but I just I, if you look at the stats on paper, I mean it, it's going to take a Goliath type epic 
from Spencer Rattler, and he's got it in him, Stan. We know that. Yeah. But it's just like I think last year's win and what it did to that team, they hadn't forgot about it. And, I mean, they're going to come after us hard. Often that, that could that could be to their detriment. Though. It could be because, like I said, I mean tennis. I mean Florida threw the ball all over, and Graham Mertz is not round, round you know. Set, I mean uh, Spencer Rattler, but and it could. And like I said, that's what we hope to see happen. But I mean, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm not going to do it. That's not chaotic this week enough for me. <laughs> I think if we win it, it'll be because we deserve to win it, not because it's chaotic. But yeah. All right. So that brings us to Chris's chaos. We still searching, but anyway. <laughs> oh, you getting it now? Because now you're getting into my music. I'm thinking about the Mexican place again, uh, Uh-oh. in Tyrone, Georgia. But uh, uh, little chaos goes a long way. So you got a few games for us. I that, do, man. Uh, There's some. There are some here. huge games, man. I mean, there are a lot of them. I know the first one was a bad when we walked in. Stands and you're gonna take old Prime, and then I'm gonna tell you, yeah. I would have taken. I would have probably taken Prime last week. I'll give anybody 21 points, and that's the same thing Prime's doing again this week. He's at home. Uh, Lincoln Riley's bringing a pretty good football team into Boulder. I think it's probably going to be another beat down, so that's not going to be chaotic. The only, the only thing that still gets me, and it's like I told y'all, <laughs> this is a 9 o'clock Boulder start time. <laughs> 9 a.m. Yeah. Who who wants to get up? Those guys are going to be getting up at 4 and 5 in the morning. But, but do you and not- have the pregame meal and all and get out there. How long is it going to take to shake the rust off? Now, I understand it's both teams, but Deion's had to do it before being in Boulder. He's had to do that before. So, let's uh, – Game time to set that for that time, it definitely yeah. benefits Deion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had it been Oregon out there, they probably wouldn't have done the same now, thing. Now, that's not to say Deion's going to come out there and put up a gazillion points in the first half before USC even gets through eating the pancakes. But uh, – it's, We're talking about the Heisman. Caleb Williams is yeah. coming to Boulder, man. Yeah. So, Prime's going to have Wheezy and all them T-Pain and all those rappers well, out there. He's, he's got the WWE yeah. wrestlers out there now. Rocket so. Rock may be there. We know ESPN himself. Old Pat McAfee needs to be – he wore a coat last week, so I was proud of him for that. <laughs> but like I said, you got a big game in the, in the ACC tomorrow night. You got uh, NC State at Virginia. As bad and woeful as Virginia is, NC State got the quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, and he just has not done really well. NC State lost three quarterbacks in the offseason to the portal, and uh, that's just it's a little bit too much. I think they win that game, but I'm going to give you one now because we've already talked about it. I lost last week because I took UCLA over Utah. I'm going DJ Uwe, my man, Ungawale, in the upset at Utah again. Cam Rising is going to miss his third straight game. Nate Johnson is the quarterback. It's playing really well in his second game of the year. I just think that, that the reason I like DJ going to Oregon State was because of the defense that Oregon State does yeah. have. Yeah. And they do have receivers. Um, we were joking about it. DJ's you know stats about the same as Klubnik, except he does have a couple more picks in the game. So that's my first chaotic, Chris's chaotic pick. Oh, Lord. We're going to stay SEC this next time, and I've lost with this team also before also. But I'm going to go with them Vandy Comet. Please don't wear the uniforms you wore last week, Vandy. Please. <laughs> um, they're, they're at Missouri. And uh, so Missouri's got a pretty good football team. Brady Cook and A.J. Swan are going to be the two guys matching it up. Um, 
I just think that, you know, Missouri is a team that, like, uh, Eli Drinkowitz is a great football coach, and we're still wondering about Vandy and what they're doing and what they're trying to build. But Swan is, is as good as Brady Cook, and I, I can see the upset there, and I do think that'll be chaotic because I just – we're not even going spreads this week. I'm not even going to throw that in there because I saw a post that we had on ours. Do you take spreads? So we're not going to go in that one. I'm just going to go ahead and take the, the Vanderbilt Comet Awards in that one. I'm leaving Florida, Kentucky alone. I don't want that one. I found another one because you were trying to get me to poke the bear. I was. At Coastal. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, Coach Beck, you don't deserve to be poked yet. Jay, you've only lost one game since you got to Coastal. So I'm not, but I am going to stay in the fun belt and I am going to go with the team that beat Coach Beck last week. I'm going to take my Troy Trojans on the road against Sean Elliott's Georgia State team. I can, I can see that one because I, as much as we talked about Clemson being emotionally ready to play at Syracuse, Georgia State came off of a huge win on that Thursday night against Coastal. Can't, can't, they've had a little bit longer week, a couple more days to read the headlines and the press about how good they were, how they're undefeated. Start feeling a little too good about yourself and you start kind of relaxing a little too much. And then the men of Troy come in and slap you in the face, and uh-oh, it's the clock's at four zeros, and you didn't realize it. It's another quarterback battle. It's Gunnar yeah. Watson, who had a – he was the one for Troy that had the game last year in the, against a Minnesota team, I think. He's going against Darren Granger. They're both throwing the ball like crazy. Seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. Marcus Carroll won the game last week for Georgia State against the Coastal defense. This week it'll be Kamani Bedell. For uh, the old Troy boys, and uh, the difference in that is uh, Carroll does have eight touchdowns, whereas this new kid be his first start uh, at Troy. So uh, it's a it's a matchup that just is crazy because I think Georgia State's four no. Yep. And we're talking about a zero and three Troy team, but I'm gonna take them on the road. I just see that as a chaotic straight up no points. We're just gonna take that team. We'll see how they do. All right. I'll see it. Cut it. <laughs> Cut it. Roll it. Chris's camp. Cut it, man. We'll see how he does uh, coming up uh, on Monday. Get the, the rest of them out there. But uh, it's great picks, great choices. There's a lot to choose from. I wanted <laughs> Nebraska over Michigan. That's one I really wanted to take. So I just, like I said, I can't. Matt Rules let me down how many times this year? I mean, first one against Fromm, but. Uh, so there's, some, I mean, there's some really good games out there. As Willie always says, watch your teams and and everything like that. So hopefully we'll get Willie's winner next time. Like I said, I got his list, and I just I don't do it like Willie. Willie's a Willie's winner guy. I'm just the opposite. I'm chaotic. I don't look for wins. I look for upsets, upsets. and things <laughs> to that nature. But. Uh, like I said, there's some really great football games. I mean, a lot to watch starting tonight. I think Western Kentucky is playing somebody tonight. And then tomorrow night you got two ACC games. And don't forget about the, the high school levels. Don't forget about us. But a uh, lot to do this weekend. Should be fun. A lot of great games. And it all starts with Friday nights. And we're going to talk about those games here in just a second. I want to say again, happy birthday, belated birthday to Howard Corley over at Howard's on Main, uh, our official home for the Lakeland sports guys. Always a lot of pleasure going over there. Join the great food, uh, great hospitality to go along with it. And uh, they have a big event, Chris, is going on tonight. They're going to have the upstairs and the downstairs yeah. full. Uh, and because we kind of bordered that, that, 
prep time, I guess you would say. Um, we just like to go ahead and let them have the stage here early in that regard. But uh, Granger has gotten a bunch of folks together, and they're having a huge event. Uh, McClinton's coming into town, and when he does, man, whether it's at Boone's or if it's Sports Break or if it's Howard's Old Man, you're going to have a huge crowd for that one. And Granger, I appreciate you texting me and saying, hey, man, um, what time are y'all starting again? And I said, we can do what we can. We'll probably just let you have it. And uh, so uh, it was either do that or do a 10, 10, 30 like we've been trying yeah. to do. So uh, we've got used to this time, or I have now. So have at it, man. Do Howard right tonight, and I'm sure they will, and it will be packed house up there. Get there early because I think it starts at like 5.30. Yeah, well, it's starting at 6, I think is what the official flyer Oh, 6 o'clock. Okay. So, yeah. well, so you, you saw the flyer. <laughs> I just got a text message. Just send it to me. Well, I didn't look at it, though. I didn't look at it. I just saw the message from Granger, but appreciate it, bud. And uh, they, they will. When you Here's the thing. When you're doing both stages, there's a crowd coming. Oh, yeah. So be ready for that. I, the downstairs is going to be packed, and you know how much you can get upstairs. So it's going to be a fun night. Hours on main. Going to be a good time. Well, let's get into the high school games because there are a bunch of them that we need to talk about uh, that are going to be going on. And, of course, um, where do we start? Um, should we start with the – well, let's start with Greenwood Christian because they have been uh, the Cinderella here of so far. Uh, they've been the, the Colorado, I guess you could say, of the Lakelands because they've come yeah. out and they've played extremely well. They've got uh, two, three really great uh, skilled players to go along with it, but they've got a great team going all the way around. They beat Thomas Sumter handedly 43-13 to last week, and now they take on Colton Prep uh, as they head on down and are going to be hitting the road once again. So another long road trip for the Hawks. This Two time and a half around. hours, buddy. I know that trip well. That's Walterboro. So, um, yeah, they, they play – this is what I was telling you earlier. This team's played a lot of really good football teams from Beaufort Academy to uh, – what's the one up there? Richard Wynn, I think. And they played a really, really good team. So, I'm trying to get their schedule up here. But, like I said, you got Kate Whitting – I mean, Kate Heaton, and then you got uh, Owen Whittington, who is – I think, you know, that guy – If we need to also make a push for him. He should be match prep player of the year because anytime you're going to match preps, this is the kid, boom. And he was acknowledged, Stan, you said, because yeah. you and I had something else. Uh, we missed touchdown club, but Stan went, and he got uh, – what was it, player of the week? He was yeah. play, offensive player of the week, and, of course, they brought up the match preps. And it's not just statewide, it's national – Stuff where he's leading, you know, the state in receptions, reception yardage, touchdowns. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Yeah. And um, want everybody to know that this this is a local kid that's putting up these kind of numbers, and you know, Greenwood ought to be proud of him. It, it, it doesn't matter that he's playing for Greenwood Christian. You know, he's he's putting up these numbers and. Uh, but every team he plays is having a scheme against him, I guarantee you. Well, it's opened up the door, too, for Caleb McCall yeah. uh, in the process of all yeah. this because all of a sudden now you're starting to see his numbers start to increase uh, just a little bit uh, to go along with that. As a matter of fact, both of them have had touchdowns the last two games. So. Mm-hmm. He's just loving it. He's loving the publicity of it. He's a really good quarterback. and Like I said, they're doing really good. I tell you right now, that's you know we always talk about what Coach Doolittle's going now. They got they got Coach what's the name over there now, and they're still riding. <laughs> they they're that we'll play anybody anywhere. And uh, Colin Preps down a little bit from what they've been in the past two or three years. They're still a really good football team. Uh, and it, just not sure. We hope that the ride's not too much. It's only two and a half hour ride down there. Fun ride. 
Uh, but you're going to get down there and it's going to be, you know, get them sand outs. Maybe it won't be so hot down there to draw them out. But um, <laughs> tough place to play in Walterboro. It really is over there at Colleton Prep. And so uh, you got to be ready to play football, and I'm sure they'll be ready to play. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised here with a big win for Greenwood Christian. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think the, the thing is it's going to be defensive-wise. Can Greenwood Christian stop Colton Prep enough times to come up with the win? I think they can match up with them offensively. Uh, it's, it's can that defense come up with a stop somewhere along the line? They've done it the last what couple of games. They've hit the defense have really it's, it's propelled them to win these football games because it came in, in opportune times to when the other team was driving and there was a turnover, a porch fumble or a pick, whatever it was, and that's where they seem to be really playing a little bit better or as good as they are on offense. They're playing pretty good on defense as well because to to basically shut down a Buford Academy team that has been playing lights out all year. And to be able to do that, uh, that tells you a lot about this team. And uh, there's all they're doing, Tom, is they're just rolling it on up for when when it gets down to that what we call the big skeezer, which is toward the end of the year uh, matchups and, and state championship chances to play these teams. And they've already played the tough teams now. That's about injury free from here on out and just being ready to play when you do get to the playoffs. All right, the other game, uh, this is a lot of people's game of the week, and it, it could be ours as well. We'll find out which one, because <laughs> I, I kind of like the Emerald Eastside game uh, as well that's going to be happening at Emerald, so um, we'll see what you guys think. But let's go ahead and talk about this game. McCormick, uh, they get to host Ware Shoals in this one. Ware Shoals lost to Christchurch last week, 60-14. to 14. Um, you look at Ware Shoals, and you know that game against Dixie was a heartbreaker at the end of it, uh, sixteen to fourteen. A lot of emotion, a very good defensive game for both squads that are there. This one could be uh, the same type game, or it could go totally opposite. I, that's kind of where I'm list <laughs> looking at this. Is is Ware Shoals is about due, but McCormick's due yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, McCormick's has been able to put things together, but they've been playing the Christchurches and yeah, the Abbeyfields. They've been playing and the, the big boys, yeah. <laughs> so Lincoln, now they get yeah. back down. But, you know, the coach, Washoe's new coach, uh, a new, I don't know what you'd call it, just a, a whole new atmosphere up there. And these kids are playing hard. Now, they've had, they've had some unlucky breaks, but uh, – just like last week with Dixie, I mean, you think you got the ball game won, but, you know, Dixie finds a way. So you got to play to the end, which this game, I, I'm looking for West just to be a little bit closer game than a lot of people thinking McCormick's going to run away. I don't think so. I think Chris's buddy Lomax up there is going to wake <laughs> up the Chiefs down there and McCormick a little bit. See, I'm kind of on the same boat as you are. I'm thinking this is going to be more of a 28-31 yeah. type game. Yeah. What what both teams have been in pretty much other than the Christchurch whipping one team yeah. or the St. Joe's coming in and meeting another one. And, um, Justice Lomax is by far probably going to be the best player on this field. I know uh, Marquis Stevens is probably a mad at quarterback, and then you got a Cam Durant that's ready to show a justice that he's not the best player on the field. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what you get. I, you want to call this – I mean, it is the battle of the um, – just no luck at all at the end of the games to, to lose the games they like they both have lost. Um, I just go back to the fact that the schedule McCormick has played this year. It hurts schedule wise, but I think it helps out 
Um, and it's a home game for McCormick, and they have had so much upset. Yeah. If they can somehow shut down Justice Lomax and Stevens can get a touchdown to ramp maybe defensively and then they figure a couple ways out, I mean, I, I can see it going either way. I mean, I'd probably pick where Shoals in the game. But uh, like I said, I, I think being at McCormick, that's, that throws a little bit more of a, a light tour for me there to their way. So, Coach Carr, you got to win me one sooner or later. But you have played a tough schedule. <laughs> All right. Staying in the 1A ranks, Calhoun Falls, they go on the road. They're going to take on St. Joe's, who ended up losing for the first time um, last week. They fell to eighth in the rankings, and uh, they're 5-1 and one as of right now. But, you know, Calhoun Falls uh, coming off a loss to West Oak, 12-56 to 56 in that one, and now they get St. Joe's, who another top ten was top three uh, up until a week or two ago to go along with it. This will be interesting because they are – Right now, Calhoun Falls is averaging about 15 points a game, but they're giving up 42. And I look for this team. They just got beat. St. Joe, what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. They're going to come out. They got a point to prove that we don't deserve to be this low in the rankings uh, and come out. And I feel sorry for Calhoun Falls because these boys are going to unload on you. And they're not going to stop unloading on you. They're going to put as many points on the board as they can. In order to build back up. The, the dominant team. three, as we call yeah. them, with the, yeah. the three schools. They want to be up there. And this is just a sacrificial goat, if you want to call it call that. Lamb. I mean, lamb, whatever. <laughs> but it's just, I, I wish Calhoun Falls could beat them. But I just – I think depth for Calhoun Falls, Falls is the issue. I think they the stay issue. with them till halftime, and I think after that after it gets that, out of After that, it's going to be ugly. I don't know, man. I, like I said, Coach Theus has done such a good job up there. And we look at the points scored. I also got to go back to the first two games. Both games were against Storm, which is a, a new uh, little group coming out of Clinton. And, um, just establishing football back again, kind of like Calhoun Falls is kind of trying to do. Um, but you can't – you know, that's just a game – St. Joe's, it was – I mean, yeah, that was a surprise for me because I had picked them to win that little the, – the region that they're in now. And they got beat. Southside Christian beat them, I think, wasn't it? And then, I, like I said, Christchurch just beat the brakes off McCormick or whoever last week, Calum Falls. It's just not going to be close, Coach. I mean, it's one of the games that you – you want to be in, but, I, I mean, I could also – you know, I wouldn't be Sunday morning night in Berea if we're looking at that score and we're not seeing 70-something to even nothing. Well, you don't want to see it happen because they are a Lakeland's team, and this team as much improved from two years ago when they didn't have enough players to finish the Jamboree, much less think about finishing the season. So, Coach C.S. has done wonderful things. You know, you're bringing in guys like Kelly Bryant to help your offense. That's only going to bring more kids to the yard. Uh, to start playing football, knowing that Kelly's there, and he's probably kin to half of them. So the ones that hadn't made it back yet, he'll be recruiting them in. And so, you know, we, we may – you know, Coach Nichols may be talking about Colin Falls having the more players if, if Kelly can get his relatives back. But, you know, go out and play your game that you've been playing. I mean, they've been pretty defensively. They've been okay when they were in games where they could be competitive. That's why I take the, the, the stance I take about these other teams shouldn't be playing in 1A. I mean, there's nowhere else ready to put them, but – well, there may be soon. We'll see what the high school league, if yep. if the legislature approves it, they may yep. have saying what goes on. So I'm kind of hoping that's what we do see. Let's see, two. It's not just one state. It's not just two. It's three states now. It's Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. They're going to really decide about everything across the board with realignment. Who needs to play where? And 
Because it's not just in our state that we're seeing all this fussing well, and fighting. Oh, it, it is. But those are the three states that's going to do it first. So. All right. Uh, sticking in 1A, the last one here in the Lakelands, Dixie. They get a home game. Uh, they're taking on number seven ranked Southside Christian. Southside Christian's 2-2 two and two in 1A as of right now. And Dixie just came off that emotional win, 16-14 to 14, uh, against uh, where Shoals to go along with it. Dixie's putting up about 21 points a game. Yeah. And – you know, this this South Africa has been a little bit on the – and we kind of thought they might be a little off this year. But they got the big win last <laughs> week. So, uh, now, you know, uh, Dixie, uh, this may be a – you may have to put up a few more than 21 to win this one. Yeah, Southside, one of Southside Christian's losses was to Abbeville yeah. in that regard. And and that game was close until midway through the third quarter, and Abbeville just took over. Yeah. And two teams have always disliked each yeah. other. Yeah, it was fun have. when Southside so. Christian was in there. Oh, Abbeville. yeah. And I mean, yeah. that that could be something that you do see. I mean, if you don't have an Abbeville moving down, you may have a these other two moving up. Yeah. So. All right, uh, moving on to 2A, uh, the number two team in the state, the Abbeville Panthers, 4-1 uh, and one as of right now, taking on Liberty, who is 4-1 and one as well. Abbeville was idle last week. Um, Abbeville right now allowing 24 points a game, uh, but they are scoring 31. <laughs> so are the Panthers. So they've got an offense that can definitely put up the points. Um, and and the, the question is right now, did they heal up enough to get ready for region play coming in? And this is a tough region. You're going to hear when uh, we talk with Matthew Bennett here in a few minutes um, about this region and what's going on because everybody there's there's no slouch right now. You got two, three, and two teams. Everybody else is four and one. Yeah, and, and, they, and they played people. Yeah, and well, that's the one thing we've said about we've kind of give kudos out to Coach Nichols this year that and last year to a degree that his pre-region schedule he toughened it up. Uh, now, toughened it up this year, uh, he's had some injuries, and that I know is no excuse, but this is this Abbeville team will get well from those injuries, and you might not want to be when they get when they start steamrolling because we said from the start of this season that we felt like this was going to be one of the best defensive teams we've seen come out of Abbeville in a long time. But then you look at what they've done, and they people have just put up points on them. Even though Abbeville has scored a lot mm-hmm. of points too, but it's unlike uh, a Coach Nichols coached team. So yeah, it's cardiac gonna, this cats is going Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be interesting to see how this one comes out. All right, uh, Saluda. Um, Falls to ninth. They were previously sixth after the loss to Gilbert in a game that didn't end up getting finished, and the referees end up calling that one. But Saluda, they get to go on the road uh, once again. The Road Warriors taking on Pillion, a team that lost in 96-40-7 last week. Uh, the Tigers right now, 31.6 points a game. Uh, they're only allowing about 16, and uh, Pillion um, you know, Pillion stayed with 96 for the most part for about a quarter and a half. Uh, until halftime, and then all of a sudden things started clicking for the Wildcats after that. I think this is a long night for Pillion. I think the Tigers bounce back extremely well here. Um, and if they've got injuries, I don't. I really, I think Saluto probably rest a lot of guys. Oh yeah, and uh, I hadn't heard or seen. Maybe Willie could let us know uh, if after the scuffles and all that happened well, at Saluto. Were there any players that were ejected for the yeah. game that may not be playing in this game? That could have a, 
somewhat of a difference, but I think Saluda's just going to have too many. And They're going to too much firepower. Too much. And, and there were two tires that yeah. were, were suspended. So, more than likely they're not playing in this game. But, I, like I told y'all, this is a team. I mean, when you go down to Puglia, it's the same type deal as, as Gilbert, man. Don't, you know, be expecting some stuff like this, shenanigans, whatever you want to call it, especially since Salute has already bit one time. Uh, yeah, yeah, they know that but, uh, you can kind of get under their skin. So, Stewart needs a uh, – That's one I he, promise you. He, he's laying the law down all week about – It's been a tough week. Uh, in what's being said on the field and what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> this is another one to probably get away by halftime or yeah, after halftime. Probably so. Probably should win so this too. game. All right, that leads us to the 96 Wildcats uh, as they're going to go back on the road, and this is going to be a fun one for Coach Bennett and the, and the Wildcats. They've got to go all the way to Blacksburg, which if you don't know where that is, oh, yeah. it is on the other side of Gaffney yeah, to go along with it. in them. the middle of He's going home. <laughs> he is going home. <laughs> um, uh, Blacksburg is 3-2 and two and 2A two as of right now. Uh, we know 96 B Pillion 40-7 with this one, um, and this is going to be a fun road game, I think, in a good road test form. Uh, I got to give props out to the radio crew over at Gaffney because they made mention, um, and Coach will allude to it in the interview here in a second, but they made mention that uh, if you're not going anywhere, since Gaffney's going to be gone and on the road, and if you can't go to it, you might as well go to Blacksburg and see a homeboy play as he brings the 96 Wildcats. His phone has been, I mean, we were doing the interview, his phone was ringing nonstop. <laughs> Folks were wanting to know, you know. Can you give me some tickets, tickets. Coach? <laughs> yeah. so, I don't pay $8 but I want to come see you. If you're a Wildcat fan, you're going to have a lot of friends up there, uh, courtesy of the Gaffney Indians as well. And, and, and I think, you know, 96 has not played the easiest pre-game, pre-region schedule either. And, uh, of course, they lost their number one quarterback. We, we have to remember, Davis is their number two quarterback going into this season. And look at what this cat has been able to do with a new coaching staff and new plays, everything's new. And these Wildcats have kind of come together as a team, followed in the mold of their coach who whose motto is run to work. You know, they're <laughs> they're not afraid of it. Yep. They're they're he's putting that what I call the old old ninety six mentality back into it. And uh you better be ready to play these boys. In the trenches, buddy, in the trenches and, is what coaches. And that little road trip up there, that's not going to mean nothing to him. He's made that trip plenty of times. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what uh, Coach Bennett had to say uh, when I had a chance to welcome him into the Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm glad to be here. You know, it's uh, this is one of, I, one of the things on my calendar I never move. I, I know I'm going to be right here at this day at this time. <laughs> Notice how I didn't say the date and time. That way nobody can find me because I'm over here in the field house. This is this is prime time right here. It's good stuff. It is a lot of fun. Well, congratulations. Big win last week. Homecoming, 40-7 uh, to seven, uh, over a, a very good Pillion team. Talk a little bit about that game. Pillion does have a good football team, and they, they do a lot of interesting things offensively. That I actually enjoyed watching their, their offense. I, don't, I usually don't watch a ton of the opposing team's offense because, you know, I'm calling plays offensively, so I need to be watching the defense. But – I, I switched over and watched some of theirs, and they do some interesting things that I thought would put our defense in some conflict. Our defense went out and played lights out. You know, the only touchdown uh, Pillion scored was on a botch snap that they run down and 
and scooped and scored. So our offense actually gave up a touchdown, which you never want to have. But, um, you know, kids played pretty well. It was a tale of two halves. You know, we had two drives. We shot ourselves in the foot in the first half. So we scored on two, didn't score on two. And then in the, the second half, you know, <laughs> I told uh, I told Jay Reynolds after the game, you know, Jay's our Booster Club president and helps with the radio and all that, Bobby Hamby. And mm-hmm. I told those two guys after the game, I said, you know, a little inside baseball, if you ever see me come out of the locker room first to start the second half, it's been it's been a rough one at halftime. So, you know, halftime we had a little word of prayer and uh, the guys come out and played wildcat football. They played the way I wanted them to play and the way that makes the community proud the second half of the pitting game. Offensively, we were humming, started the second half with a 17-play drive. Um, I didn't realize that till one of the guys from the index said, Coach, you started the second half on a 17-play drive. What do you think about that? I said, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's, so it eats up the clock there. You know, fan, fans love the – one two play explosive play drives man as a as a coach especially an offensive line guy those 15 16 17 play drives are good that's where it's at because by the time they get the ball their their offense is anxious they've been trying to wait to get on the field and uh you, you've taken a lot of time so we played much cleaner offensively in the second half and it and it showed i mean we you know scored 26 points in the, in the second half which pretty good and your special teams has been a major factor in all this. Well, you know, putting a re reemphasization um, on special teams has been a big part of what we're trying to do here. You know, we we put our good players on special teams. You know, we don't let you know we're smart with it because we our numbers. But you know, special teams matter. You can get beat on special teams, so we take it very serious. And I thought our special teams units. Played well. We've done a good job of not giving up too many big plays, and we've made a few big ones ourselves. Um, you know, I, I, Coach Long, he's, you know, he does a great job with our special teams. Him and Coach Gibson, they they kind of head up our special teams. Uh, you know, so they do it. They 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 went out and played very well, executed pretty well Friday night. Loving all of that. Well, this uh, week, before we get into Blacksburg, let's talk about the region that you're in because you begin region play. And uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand. you got four teams that are 4-1. and one. The other two have winning records at 3-2, and two, including this Blacksburg team that you guys are going to go up and play. This is a tough region. It's no no cupcakes. <laughs> there aren't any. No it. cupcakes in this region. Uh, yeah, that's I didn't realize it until I was I was looking at the scores Friday night, and I was like, Everybody in our region has got a winning record. Mm. And, and I said, you know, that's good. You know, I, I love that. I think that playing in a tough region better prepares you for playing in uh, in October. Um, and, playing in, and playing in November, I mean, not October. October is when you play in your region. But it, it, it better prepares you for that playoff push when you play really – solid teams in your classification to end the regular season. You know, similar to when we were when we were at Clinton, you know, the first you know, the first two years or we were in the last year of a realignment, then we were in the a new realignment the second and the third year we were at Clinton. So we we came out of the regular season having played Chapman, having played Broome, you know, having played Emerald, having played Union. And then last year when they redid everything, they took Chapman and Broom away from us, but they gave us Chester. So, you know, it, the playoff 
when you when you got to beat Chester at Chester to win the region championship, when the playoffs roll around, you're you're mm-hmm. pretty well good. You're like, all right, big game. We're Physi- testing. We're good. Physical go. teams, like, <laughs> no big deal. So, yeah, it's a it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Love being in a good region. This is one of the best in two A. Yep. And Blacksburg, uh, talk a little bit about them and what you guys are going to see. Uh, they Their only two losses are to Louisville, who was number one team in 1A, and then uh, another top five team in St. Joe's uh, in the process. Other than that, they've played really well. They have. They have. They, um, they've got a really big receiver. Um, last name's Cobb. He is a, he's a player. He's 6'5". He's long-rangey. He can make a lot of plays on the ball. He also plays free safety for them. Um, so he's back there playing center field on defense. Um, and then he's out wide on offense and they, they get the ball to him in a variety of ways and try to, uh, actually their head coach just texted me. Um, probably something about the W game tomorrow, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they got some players and they, they got some talent in the skill positions and, the, they're going to spread it out offensively. Um, coach bachelor's a spread guy. So they're. You know, they're going to put their receivers all over the field. We're going to have to cover some space. Um, defensively, they've they've thrown multiple looks out there. Um, so we've been preparing for multiple looks all week, which we do every week because, I mean, people change their defense when they play us. So you never really know. I always use the Woodruff example. When we were at Clinton, Woodruff lined up in every defense known to man through a four-quarter football game. I mean, they come out one series, they were in a 50. They come out next series, they were in a split even 4-4. Four, four. Then in a four three, then in a three three stack. I mean, their defensive coordinator told me after one of the games, he said, "I want you to know when you watch this film, you're going to see everything I got," <laughs> because they would. I mean, they would try, they would try everything. Mm-hmm. So we kind of stopped preparing for teams like, "Oh, they're an odd front team." Well, they are against everybody else. So we, uh, you know, we emphasize their main front, their base front, but then we work against different things all week. So hopefully, uh. We'll be prepared for whatever Josh rolls or Coach Bachelor rolls out there Friday night. Should be a lot of fun. Well, it is a two-hour ride uh, that you make yeah. your way up there. It's a long ride. Um, you get to go back through your hometown, I guess, uh, for the most part. That should be a lot of fans out there for you guys as well. Well, you know, it was actually a pretty cool deal. Um, one of my best friends, like my brother, Alex, texted me and the week we were off. He was listening to the Gaffney game. And um, I think Cole Bryson is the guy that does, he's doing Gaffney games now. Mm-hmm. Well, he he covered Bowling Springs while I was there, and um, Cole's a great guy. And he apparently said on the Gaffney broadcast, like, you know, something to the effect of Indian fans during our bye week, Gaffney native Matt Bennett in '96 is bringing his kids to Blacksburg. So if you need somewhere to go, well, <laughs> my phone has been ringing. I told somebody today if half the people from Gaffney that come say that come that say they're coming. There'll be a, a pretty heavy Gaffney contingency there. I'm going to have a lot of family there because my grandparents still live in Gaffney, so that's the closest ride for them, so they're not going to miss it. So, you know, that all that's fun and good, and I appreciate it certainly. And you know, But it's got to be kind of an advantage, though, for you guys seeing that, that side of the stands full yeah, versus the other side. No doubt. Well, that's just, you know, we went to Emerald. I told our guys. I said, you get to play in a big-time atmosphere. I said, because we're going to pack out the away side. And we did. And, and and our fans traveled really well. We had to, you know, we filled up the away side at Saluda. Um, you know, that's why that's why with this realignment coming, so many people are wanting to play us. Because right. in the non-region, it make you some money. 
because 96 travels well, and I, you know, it's a long ride to Blacksburg, but I, I expect a pretty good crowd. Should be fun to see. Well, coach, thanks a lot. Best of luck, and go Cats. Go Cats. All right, Coach Matthew Bennett joining us here in the Lexington Sportscast to go along with it. And um, I enjoy my interviews with Coach Bennett every week, and, and now you kind of understand why. You know, I, I've told – well, like I said, when I walked up on him at Touchdown Club, I, I only saw a 96 hat shirt and his shorts was all 96 and his, his Crocs was on. And I was like, you my man. I just I don't even know if you might be an assistant coach, but you you look like Coach Ben. And he said, "Well, you call me." And I said, uh, "So just to meet the guy and just to he reminds me of somebody from around here. He's got that accent. He loves the game of football. He knows the game of football. He's definitely a line man. He knows that where where it's one in the trenches. And I I can I, I guarantee you, man, that Gaffney crowd they 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 are crazy up there, as we well know. So that place will be packed. Glad, you know, his grandparents get to go back and see his team play here at 96. And uh, it's going to be a tough game. I'm, I was looking over some stuff because it looks like I get to be Willie today for a minute. But um, there's – and I'm going to do it because I, there are some games that he's called that I, I'm going to actually come out and do Willie's winners in a little bit for you because <laughs> I'm going I'm to – he called himself the goat here, so we're going to see if the goat knows anything this week. But uh, Coach Bennett is by far one of those guys. He's like Coach Liner, but they're so different. In the fact that Coach Liner just come out and tell you what's going on, Bennett's just going. He he's not beating around no bush. We'll play anybody anywhere. Coach is the same way. I I absolutely love it. I'm not saying I want these two teams to play in regular in preseason or anything. But well, what I like is the fact that the, the kids are getting better every week. I mean he's he's bringing in a playbook much like Clemson is. Yeah. that's coming in a brand new playbook to go along with it, and the, these kids are learning it. Um, and you remember when they went to Clinton and, and the kids followed them to Clinton and they watched what Clinton was doing and say, Coach, what, what's that What's that play called uh, kind of a thing? And they were like, well, we got to do what we're doing first before we can do that. These kids have been doing this since they were in seventh and eighth grade. So since you brought that's, in, yeah. that's what's coming to 96. So yeah. that's what you're looking at. Since you brought Clemson into it, I'm going to say they bought into it. Let's just leave they it bought at that. It. But I'm going to tell you, that running back, they got Mr. King – Mm-hmm. He's a Jay man. King is the deal. He's a man. He's tough to be, and he may be the deciding factor in this game. We don't. We won't know until on Friday. But he he's definitely the guy I'd run through. And I'm sure that's what coaches tell him. You you make the blocks, he'll make the plays. Well, and, and <laughs> have, the thing is, having him on special teams and returning punts and kickoffs and things, they've had some advantages with some, some shorter fields. It hadn't been the 80 yard drives. It's been more of a 60, 65. You know, in that area is where and, – and he's been the difference maker for that. Well, and the fact that you've got him back there, you're not relying on your second-team quarterback who's now your first-team quarterback. You're not putting the whole game on his shoulders. Davis knows he's got somebody he can trust, somebody he can hand the ball that'll take it to the house. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be perfect on every play. Uh, and that has allowed him to relax and become – a pretty daggum good quarterback. Oh. That's right. Like I said, what was a month ago? We were talking about what's going to happen whenever Bla- when Braden Mitchell does come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's back, but he's still working his way through the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Carver Davis is just carving up defense. Let's call it what it is. I mean, you're right. He, the number two man has become number one, and it's going to be come down probably the next two three weeks. And when playoffs get ready to go, it's going to take an effort for Mitchell to be get his job back. Mm-hmm. Seriously, because Carver Davis has played that well, and he's just a junior. Hey, well, I think he's just a, a sophomore. Sophomore, <laughs> he's a sophomore. 
Sophomore. I made a mistake too. I said, "Well, you know, coach, he, he you know, he'll be a junior. He's all no, he won't. He'll be a sophomore. I mean, <laughs> he'll be a junior next year." All right. So, best of luck to the '96 Wildcats. I see '96 coming out with this um, oh, yeah. by seven or ten points. I think at least is what I see. Yeah. Well, definitely pulling for him, yeah, no doubt. We'll see. All right, uh, that leads us to the Emerald Vikings. Emerald 0-5 as of right now. Uh, they're giving up 28, almost 29 points a game. They're averaging uh, offensively about 17 points a game as of right now. Uh, they took a heartbreaker to Crescent. 28-12 um, to 12 was the final in that one last week. But they got Eastside coming in. This is a 4A team that is 3-2 as of right now uh, and, and an improved team. I'm very improved. Um, to go along with that. And, and their coach knows no. Emerald. They yeah. know what Emerald is all about. They know this is going to be a big physical line for the Vikings that they're going to have to go up against. Um, Emerald is going to have to minimize a lot of the big plays, going to have to minimize some of the mistakes that they made in Crescent in order to beat this Eastside team. And to me, this could be the game of the week if Emerald comes out and, and puts their, their foot on the gas there early. And I think, you know, Coach Wilcox, who's at Eastside now, he, like you said, he knows Emerald. Well, he knows a lot about what Emerald does offensively and defensively. So he's had a little, he's got a little more knowledge and a little more that he can prep his team to. Uh, does Eastside have the players that <clears throat> Emerald may have? Probably not, because every time I've got a nephew that's a, got his son playing and I talked to Caden and Caden says every time they get a good player he transfers to another school. Uh, Welcome to that, Greenville. <laughs> well, uh, the the Carter Woods at Is that West Side? West Side. Yeah. He should have been playing at East Side. Could you imagine what that team would be like if they had that cat over there now? Mm -hmm. So we watched him. That was he was so, quarterback yeah. when we were up at Eastside. When we did that Saturday yeah. game, yeah. yeah, he was the quarterback His there, really good player, year. and that, that's what's frustrating. Yeah. That's what's yeah. not fair. Yeah. I mean, I call it what it is. It's not fair, and Jerome's got to fix it. So, but anyway, yeah, this is gonna this, this is, gonna, is gonna be an interesting game, and uh, I, I'll give. I, I'm thinking this is the one. This is the game that. Emma's going to get that big that win. I They're like at it. home and, uh, and they, they expect got the, a big crowd. Yeah, I do. Expecting a big crowd, and especially with Greenwood going on the road. You know, folks just file in over there to Frank Hill Stadium and let's get these Vikings their first win. They deserve it. They've worked hard. We know they have. I mean, it's, it's, it's time. It is. Key Holloway's going to be the difference maker in this yeah. one uh, as of right now. And his counterpart right now, uh, Jaden Page out of Eastside, is only throwing for about eight, 87 yards a game mm -hmm. uh, on average. He's also uh, their leading rusher to go along with that. He is rushing for 183 yards a game <laughs> to go along with that. So um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one where if you can control him and where he's going, whereas you've got Foster and you've got Holloway and, and, and the rest of that backfield to go along with it. And then defensively – you know, I think they've got an advantage, particularly on the defensive line. Uh, in that that three three five is what they'll end up falling back into. I think they've got a much uh, greater advantage than Eastside yeah. does because Eastside, um, they're still, in my opinion, trying to figure out their secondary mm -hmm. uh, that's going on, and they've been toasted quite a few times uh, here in the non-region schedule, particularly in the secondary for you know fifteen twenty or more. But I think if the people of Eastside will give Coach Wilcox. 
the the time. He's going to turn that program around, and he's going to have people wanting to come play for him. Instead of leaving that program, they're going to be wanting to come to him. And uh, I hope he remembers all the ones that have left. I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> he gonna make me sing a country song over here. We don't want that. Look, here, here's what I go by. Like I, I had to look up Eastside. I, I mean, we played them mm-hmm. several years ago. Yeah. But they're three and two right now. They're two and one at home. They're one and one on the road. But they've given up 178 yards and they've only scored. I mean, points and they've only scored 132. That's mm-hmm. 50 point differential. Yeah. So, like you say, to me, Stan, it's easier to guard a running back yep. than it is if you got a quarterback can do numerous things. So, mm-hmm. you know, coaching your – and that's where a coach like Tad DeBose is going to set his pick in that ground, and he's going to say, that's your boy. That's your assignment. Don't miss him. And but it's going to be really hard. Me. Yeah, that's going to be hard for that guy to get those the points. I, I mean – their losses, I mean, they 49 nothing against JL, man. They got smoked. Pendleton, 53-29. They got smoked. They beat Liberty and Traveler's Rest and who's the other team I got right here? Blue Ridge. None of those are perennial in anything. They just have wins against them. And like I said, Blue Ridge, which is out of Greer, I mean, they beat 54 to 40. 54 to 40. So you're in every game, and if you're you coach the Bows today, Coach Scruggs and the rest of this team, man, I think you're licking your lips, and you're saying this is what we would wait to come. Yeah, they're a four and a four a team, but they're not as good as what we already lost to. And, and I mean, we've been playing. Yeah. yeah, I mean because that's what it is at home. I hope they roll the buses down. I hope they block off, you know, two twenty five right there, and they just let it bring that Clemson mentality in. And this is a game I think they can win, and I'm not gonna say win big, but just the main thing is the win. Let's just start with yep. the win, the W, and then the rest of them will come as we go on through the year. But Key Holloway is the key. But he and Foster, I think they'll, that'll, I think they'll have a chance for a big game. All right. Uh, one of the other games uh, going on in the Lakelands, if you'd like to go on over and see the Lawrence Raiders, they're going to be taking on Greer. Uh, Lawrence 0-6 on the season. Greer gave Westside all they can handle last week, yet they're only 1-5. and as of right now. Um, and uh, Lawrence lost to T.L. Hannah last week, big time, 48-6. to six. We kind of know how that uh, feels yeah. to go along with that. Um, but this should be fun. If Lawrence can find a way to put points on the board. They've been giving up 45 a game. They've only managed to score about 11. And that's where Greer's going to come in. I think Greer uh, is going to come in and just be able to put more points. This is going to come down to Greer can put one more point on the board than Lawrence can. Lawrence has just got issues. They've got to get corrected. And uh, maybe this game may get them. I don't know. We'll see. See where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I see I see Greer walking away with this one once again uh, in that one. And then that brings us to our game uh, as we're going to be on the road heading up to take on the Berea Bulldogs. After uh, a bye week this week, the Greenwood Eagles uh, go on the road. They're two and three overall as of right now. Um, we've played some tough teams. We've been giving up 32 points a game. We've been averaging about 18, roughly here or there, uh, to go along with that. This this game after a bye week, you know, it should be well rested. You should have some players that are that are healed and ready to go. Um, you know, I, I look at Tristan Lewis in this one, and I'm thinking this could be, you know, a this could be a game. game. Uh, it could, and it could be, particularly going into region play with the start of region play mm-hmm. with Berea. This could be one that that gradually gets you into it because next week is easily a mm-hmm. little bit tougher, and then you get Westside after that. So, or yeah, Westside after that. So it, it's it's 
it, that progression, I think, where it gets harder and harder um, for him, if you can get better and better yeah. in those three games, it's going to be a difference maker. But it's going to have to also be, uh, I think, a big game for your wide receivers. We're going to have to find a better way to find uh, to get them more involved, particularly when other teams have more speed on the field on the defensive side. Well, this game with Berea, I don't think we we got to worry too much about. Um, easily, like you say, it's going to be a little bit better. It's going to be hard for – I mean, the coaching staff will be able to break it down, look at the film, and make sure the wide receivers are running the proper routes, turning when they're supposed to turn, cut when they're supposed to cut, accelerate. Uh, but it's still – this is a much lesser team. And how much are is Christian going to get to play? You know, uh, this game we could have a running clock early. And uh, if we do that, okay, our number ones get to rest a little bit more and get ready for easily. Um, I think we'll see. I'm hoping, but against all hope, I think we're going to see a lot of vanilla Friday night out of the offense and the defense. I do think there are going to be a few little sprinkles thrown in there just to give these other teams like the West Sides and the Greenville something to think about as far as, oh, that formation, that personnel group, and they've been doing this, but all of a sudden they did this. So now we got to coach against that. You're not going to see a lot of it, I don't think, but – we might get a few sprinkles of what this offense can do. What's going to be but we all know Coach Liner's not going to run. <laughs> He's not going to go out there and score 90 on these guys. No. I think what you will you see, know. though, you're talking vanilla. I, I don't – I'm telling – you know, I, I coach on coaches. I think this is one that he says – he lets Coach Dean just say, you know what, I'm like Tom. I think you see a lot of Tristan Lewis, and I think you see a little bit more of a, a Neapolitan ice cream as, as opposed to vanilla. I think we need to have more than vanilla because we've been showing vanilla. It's time to – it's region now. we got to show what we got. And I, if you show Westside a little something extra, that's to them to have to worry about it at that point in time. I, well, that's what I'm saying. He, he's going – it's going to be vanilla, but he's going to throw those sprinkles in there. I think he's going strawberry and chocolate that. in this one. I, he's, not gonna run his, he's not going to run the score. I do agree with you there. It's more like a banana split. But, but I could yeah. – I, <laughs> hey, I could see a, a 56-63 at the game here if there ain't nothing we can do. To, to keep the well, it's pedal off them breaks. That's going to depend on our twos and threes. Yeah. I mean, our twos may be better than their ones, and if it happens, you know, we may score 60. I'm, but, thinking, uh, pick, I'm thinking two pick sixes in the game, and I, it could be Ty Patterson. It could be Mike Holloway. It could be – and that's who I want to see. The guys, tank, that, the guys that have not played, like Holloway has been injured, Ty Patterson's been hurt. It could be just get your big paws up there, big man, and bat it up in there, and you bring Deary Servant or or uh, the other kid take it to the house. You know, because I mean, those are big guys. Fumble recoveries, anything like that. I just don't think Maria's ready for the the front four that Greenwood's got defensively. I don't. Know I think it's going to be a long day but for Maria. I, I hope that we see. You know, uh, the last couple of games when we've made alluded to it later in the ball games. We had started doing some arm tackling. Yeah. As I mean, opposed to playing Greenwood football where we come up and we hit you and we take you to the ground. Um, I'm looking for that to come back this week and and be there for the whole game. 
it needs to be because, like I said, the next week. So I'm not. I, I don't know that. He's, I mean, easily that much better than Berea, but you got to win this game first. You're coming yeah. off a bye week. Everybody should be healthy. And I think you just got to show a little more than we've been showing. And I know you don't want to show everything, but at some point in time, when you're already in region play, you got to start winning now. Yeah. So if it's you show a little too much, and it's for them, like it's for Westside, if you come out with a couple of trick plays or you come out and you find something you really like with your ones and your twos, mm-hmm. go it. Go at that go at that pace. And if you do end up scoring 50-something points on a team, Coach, it's all good because you, you need it as much as they do. I mean, well, it's not about showing a team up. It's about making your team realize we can do this. Yeah. And when you get to West Side, you need to know you can do it. I mean, well, so, we're halfway through the season. I you mean, are? We played five. And and I alluded to it earlier when we were talking earlier that I don't think there's a team in the state that has played a non-region schedule that is as tough as what Greenwood High played. And uh, it's it's going to show up now. Now's where we're going to see the benefits of playing the schedule that so many people have questioned. Why are you scheduling these people? Why? Are you, <laughs> and it's going you're going to see now why. You're going to see just how good this team is building too. And we still have to remember, even Coach Liner said, if you're going to beat us, you better beat us this year. Because it ain't happening. Because we're going to get better. This is the first year of this offense. We're just learning it. We're learning it. We're learning that these kids are coming up through it. So, Well, I had a chance to catch up with Coach Liner earlier today. Here's what he had to say uh, about the bye week and getting ready for this game against Berea. Yeah, it was big for us. Um, we actually played Hannah without three of our starters and actually had five or six that were on the shelf. You know, a couple guys, just special teams guys. But – so getting that week off uh, certainly was beneficial. We've got all of them back now except for one. And um, so that's kind of big as we get into region play is, um, uh, you know, be able to get some guys healthy. And, you know, obviously with the bye week, and we had a really good bye week. Um, it's been really good for Greenwood. We've gotten a lot better over the last two weeks in practice and a lot more excitement, a lot more fun. A lot of the little things we were doing wrong we've been able to correct. and. Um, we've changed some things in the way we do. We've moved some personnel around um, to try and, you know, get us some more speed on the field at certain positions and, um, you know, just kind of maximize our abilities. And, um, you know, it was evident for the first through the first five games, you know, we had some glaring weaknesses in some in some spots. And, uh, you know, we've tried to shore those up and, and um, you know, get better uh, at those positions. And we got some young guys that, you know, are going to be that guy. They're not quite ready yet. So, um, but, but you know, having played five games certainly helps. It does. And as far as region goes, uh, Westside, Greenwood, Greenville, uh, Pickens, uh, you got Berea and Easley are all there. This is a pretty good region all the way around. It really is. Um, you know, Easley's much improved. Um, they got hurt a little bit in the offseason. Their, their quarterback transferred to Hillcrest, and he was a dynamic player, um, and, it, and it still is. He's tearing it up at Hillcrest. But, uh, obviously, Greenville and Westside are two of the better teams, and if not two of the best teams in 4A. And, and uh, you know, Pickens got a new head coach. Berea's got a new head coach. Berea's much improved, um, you know, from where they were last year as far as, you know, schematics and just the way they play. So, um, you know, the, the hard part about the bye week is, you know, football is the only sport where you only get once a week to kind of, if you went in to keep going, if you lost to maybe get that bad taste out of your mouth. Well, in most sports, you know, you might have a game the next day. So if you stunk it up one night, you can – you know, have a chance to rebound and, and make amends, but football's not geared that way. So it's uh, it's been a 
tough two weeks in that regard, you know, just wanting to get back out there and play again and kind of remedy some things we did against Hannah that, that uh, you just can't do against good teams and win. And so um, we're excited about that is just to get back out and have a chance to play again. Coach Liner, we look forward to this week and Friday night uh, heading on the road once again up there towards North Greenville to take on the Berea Bulldogs. And you mentioned they have a, a brand-new head coach. Kind of got a brand-new offense as well. They do. Um, I've actually known Coach Chisholm for a long time. He was the head coach at Blacksburg when I was the head coach at 96 years ago, and we played them. We scrimmaged them one time and played them in the Jamboree, and then I think we played – I know we did. We played them in the playoffs one year. And, you know, Coach actually did a really good job there at Blacksburg, and um, it was kind of surprising when he in, ended up uh, leaving or whatever you want to call it and and uh, ended up over at Berea. But he's an awesome guy. He's a good coach, and uh, it's very evident in watching them that they're certainly – you know, they're lining up right. They're not getting in, in some, you know, just bad spots from just not, you know, practicing or whatever you want to call it. And so um, he's done a good job with that. And, and they have some big bodies, and they got some good skilled athletes. Their quarterback's good. Their running back's good. Uh, and when they block, you know, they, they do some good stuff. So, um, you know, when you're two and three, you don't take anybody lightly. You know, you just take it one game at a time, try to get better this week, beat these guys, and move on to the next week. But um, – you know, I used to hate these games when you were, you know, really good because you always uh, – I don't call it a trap game or anything like that, but you always hated to look sloppy, you know, and, and have a letdown or whatever. But where we are right now, we, we're, we're hungry to get a win. So i um, excited about that opportunity. Um, and never been to Berea before, you know, other than driving by it 100 times but or probably a 1,000 times, but um, never been to Berea. You know, Berea was a really good program back in the – 80s and 90s when Coach Wayne Green was there and and um, you know they've kind of fallen off over time you know Travelers Rest has grown so much and it's kind of um, overtaken them in that little neck of the woods you know around Furman so um, but you know look forward to it I think they've built a brand new facility so um, of course everybody has told me that's really nice so look forward to going up there never been there before can mark that one off the list. Yeah. All right, so there you have uh, the interview with Coach Chris Liner of the Greenwood Eagles and what he had to say uh, about this and the bye week and everything. So, he, you guys heard what I heard. What do you think? Coach speak. Uh, that's what he always called it. Yeah. Speak, but, uh, <laughs> he, 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 he's playing the cool hand loop syndrome here. He's uh, – he uh, this is – that Greenwood's a much better team than what – Berea's, Berea's got some talent, just like every other team we have ever played. There's always going to be somebody that the coach is going to pick out. Uh, number five's a great player. We've got to stop five, and all of a sudden, seven's running you to death. So, um, he he's going to play it. And, you know, he was correct in saying that, you know, Coming out of going into the Hannah game, we were missing. I mean, we got there and we saw uh, when we got uh, saw the starting safety get off the bus with his foot in the boot. We're saying, when did this happen? Because we didn't even know he wasn't going to play. Uh, <clears throat> so hopefully, we're getting everybody back healthy. We've had two weeks. He's had a week of healing and fun, you know, stuff, and he alluded to that. But then this week. It's back to business, guys. You know, we've got a game to go win, and no game's more important than the next one you play. So let's concentrate on this one. This is not going to be an easy game because we're coming off of a two-week break. We're going to be a little rusty. We're going to have to shake off the rust a little bit. Uh, 
you know, let's let's be ready though. Well, for Berea, there's uh, you mentioned the quarterback, uh, Amaze Robinson. He's only a junior this year, but everything kind of runs through him and Miguel Kilgore, who is their running back. Um, they're not afraid to throw it, but they get the ball out, much like Cutter Woods does at Westside. They get the ball out quickly to their playmakers and put those in, in like you like yeah. call, situations one on ones. Yep. And you don't want to get caught out of position. And uh, uh, much like Carolina did. Down there with Mississippi State Saturday, when you play cover zero, you better be ready. Yo, 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 guy better be able to run with the guy across the street from him because you don't want to get one that can outrun you. Because if the quarterback can get enough time, and that's where I think Greenwood will have the advantage. I think the Greenwood defensive front is going to be able to put pressure on this quarterback. Uh, big boys, get your hands up. We saw it at Carolina Saturday. Uh, a number, Will Rogers, I love the guy as a quarterback, but how many balls did he get batted down by the defensive linemen? So, you know, and that's the stuff Chris has been working on. And mm-hmm. it's no hidden secret. But. Give Coach Butler, Coach Norman, that's what I was talking about. He stole that thunder. But the 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 front four for Greenwood defense, we got to do what we've been doing in the past. And it's, it's finally where you may have a little bit of an advantage over them. I'm not going to say they – now, he didn't come out this week and say how big of them boys are up front now. He just said he knew Coach Chisholm because Coach knows everybody. So, he probably knew uh, Coach Belichick back in the day too. But um, I love the fact that that he knows and and what he's basing it on schemes that he's ran in the past. Uh, And he probably has brought a lot of really good things to Berea, and they probably are building. It's just there again, it's another team that's up there. And and if they got a good player, he might not be there the next year. So, you got to be careful what you do. But I think defensively speaking, I think uh, Coach Butler, uh, Coach Norman, I think they did a really good probably – job these last i'm gonna say two weeks because they had last week to prepare for the bye and then they got this week to prayer for berea so i look for some really good things defensively and that's why i think defensively we can put some points on the board well i think defensively too we're not going up against uh and we've seen it uh and anybody that's followed greenwood football through these first five games uh we go to some of these teams and we go down the roster and the center six seven three fifty. The right guard is six five three twenty five. You know, and they just get and it's those it's those kind of lines every week. And I don't think we're gonna see that at Berea. We hope we don't see it, let's just say that. But <laughs> but even with that, our defensive line has done a pretty good job of, you know, getting some pressure and making some tackles and Oh, keeping us in some ball games. Uh, now it might not have lasted. We might have played a great first half or a great three quarters, and then we just get so beat up and wore out from the guys that were. We thought we were big till we saw some of these other guys. I mean, they some monsters out there in high school football now. Uh, my player of the game this week is going to be Caleb Burton, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the ball <laughs> because of the little flats that they they throw out to the flat. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw out that little screen pass each and every time. And Caleb has done a great job here in the non-region schedule getting out there and busting that up. I think if they challenge him again this time around, he's not going to have – I mean, he'll, he will have a fantastic defensive game. He's not bad on offense either. <laughs> at the slot spot. But for me, defensive-wise, he's going to be the defensive player of the game for the Eagles tonight. And I want to see him get the ball in the slot some. I want to see – I don't think we've put too much of an effort trying to get him the ball. 
I want to see him get the ball and get in open space. Well, he runs so, that power sweep, too, yeah. and we haven't handed it off, the, what, twice, I twice, think? I think. That's yeah. it. So that, that one's in the back of everybody's mind. <laughs> I'm waiting for that breakout. I game. just wanted to Chris and get a chance to get out there and just show what he can do. And like I said, if you can get a touchdown pass or two, it helps us next week going to easily. And Tank Gary, we know what he can do. So it's just a matter of getting him the ball. And like I said, this could be, like Stan said, alluded to, it could be over with before halftime. And, but we got to execute and get it to that point. And then yeah. if we got to lay off the gas in the fourth quarter, then that's what we'll do. But I still think – Hey, it's almost like Klubnik two weeks ago when we were talking about, you know, Tristan's got to get the experience on the field because he is so young, uh, and we need him to be out there. And like I said, I to me, I think I like your player of the game, but, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see, you know, Tristan. We know this could also be a game that we see tank over 200 yards. Yeah, it could be. Fairly easily. Uh, and I'd like to see Tristan get, you know, maybe – I'd like to see him get close to two – 250 somewhere in there and get some experience ready to go and i mean and you're right kb could be a guy on the eye he could have a defensive touchdown and an offensive touchdown well your defensive touchdown i think this time is going to be from your middle linebacker i think griffin jones is going to have it or christian wharton Chris Morton, yeah. One of the t- – and, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> Griffin Jones fan. And, uh, like I said, this is a game that we've been waiting to see because we have seen uh, just the top of the schedule. You, that's why Coach likes to play them because you get better. And you play for this point when you start region play. And now you see why you play tough schedules. Yep. So – all right, that's, Go Eagles. That's, that's the look at it. Yeah. Always a lot of fun. I want to thank Coach Liner, also Coach Bennett, for uh, the interviews today as well. Um, go out and support your high schools wherever they may be um, and your college. There's going to be some great college games to go along with that. And we'll be back on Monday back at our new home, and that is uh, none hey, other than me. <laughs> Howard's on Main. Uh, thanks again to uh, – uh, Howard Corley, again, a happy belated birthday to him in the process of all this, and his staff. Go by and see him. A great, great weekend of entertainment this coming Friday and Saturday night uh, as well as tonight. And you can watch all your games there. Yep. Okay. He's Chris Cox. That's the coach, Dan Spivey. I'm Tom Kerr. We're the Lakeland Sports Guys. Enjoy the weekend.